Good morning. This is TENT Sports Podcast, episode number 76. And this morning, I have a member of the 2018 Louisiana Athletics Hall of Fame and former AFL star defensive back, Damon Mason, with me this morning. Damon, thanks for taking time to be on my show. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, so can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself if they don't know? Well, again, my name is Damon Mason. I'm originally from Laplace, Louisiana. Graduated from Dusterhand High School, attended college at Louisiana, Louisiana University, uh, raising Cajuns. Uh, player from graduate high school, 1992. I guess I shouldn't say my age. <laughs> uh, I, um, see, I finished my last season in Lafayette with the raising Cajuns in 1996. Played arena football 14 years, won two championships um, with Orlando Treasures, with Jay Gruden was our coach. Uh, since then, uh, I retired after 14 seasons uh, as all-time leader in tackles in history. Two championships, as I said, uh, coached high school football, 14 years, got my first start in Desperate Louisiana, 
and had my won my first championship as a coach in the, in the National Arena League with the Jacksonville Jaguars about uh, well, a few years ago. So that's roughly who I am. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And shout out to Kyle for setting this up, man. So shout out to Kyle. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get into it. Now, you played high school football at Desperate High School and college football at Louisiana Lafayette, Raising Cajuns. Uh, what was the transition like from playing high school football to college, collegiate football? Well, as I share with every young individual, um, you know, it's, you, you find yourself having to reinvent yourself. You know, you, you go into high school as a, a freshman, and not only just a freshman for me, coming from St. John Paris to St. Charles Paris, roughly transferred from East St. John Industrial High School. You know, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You're trying to find out where you fit in in the uh, area in the town where you didn't grow up with people that you don't know. So roughly, you're the only person who know you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, you know, you you, you make a, you know, as my parents taught me and as I teach other kids today, you know, you're slow to speak. You, you know, you're slow to speak, quick to watch, listen, and learn. So at first, you know, it was all about watching listening and learning and then got my opportunity to start as a sophomore and, and by God's grace was did pretty good for three years earning scholarship and then you find yourself going to college and starting all over again you know and being slow to speak quick to watch listen and learn being reassured but it was a little bit harder because now you know I find myself I flunked out um, my freshman year went to academic hardship Lost my scholarship, went to junior college, so I had to go to Mississippi for roughly seven months and prove myself at the junior college, uh, Jones Junior College in Ellisville, Mississippi, only to return back to the Raging Cages and reprove myself and earn my starting position as a junior. So it's a lot of ups and downs, trials and tribulations, man, but you know, just, you know, it, it goes on and on. You know, you you go from youth, youth sports to high school, you know, a lot of guys gonna be the best growing up as kids in the youth department, recreation department. Then you get to high school, you find yourself having to prove yourself, and then you prove yourself your senior year, or only to have to reintroduce and reprove yourself and re-earn your 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 status as a freshman in college. Up until and for those who are willing to endure it all, how can I put it? Endure it, not so much the hardship, but endure the, the trials and tribulations. You know, they'll see that you know it was well worth it. So I know it's a long story, but you know, it's it happens year after year. Before me, during me, and I'm sure it's happening right now. It's a lot of young guys, and it will continue to happen. Yeah, that's a good message. I'm glad you told that story, so it can help a lot of people that are trying to get to that level out. Uh, I'm sure you was highly recruited in high school too. What were some of the other schools that showed interest in you during your high school career? You know, that's 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 a good question. You know, I would say my first. I'm gonna say like this, uh, letters. You know, a lot of a lot of young guys, you know, especially today. You know, we didn't have Facebook, and that's, we didn't have Twitter. Yeah. Right? We didn't have social media. Basically, we only had the internet the way it is today. So recruiting has definitely changed. So I see a lot of young boys on Twitter. You know, you know, it is what it is. That's the, the sign of times. But you know, they'll they'll quit the post on Twitter that you know I'm honored and blessed. You know, it's a good thing to give God the praise, but you know I'm, I'm blessed to receive an offer from such and such college, you know what I'm saying? The offer don't mean nothing unless you sign up, sign that, that contract, sign that scholarship, that dotted line. Right. <laughs> you know, so my first two letters that I that I received was actually from Oklahoma and Nebraska. And I, I was left with my mouth like, wow, Oklahoma and Nebraska. So, by the, and that was my junior year. And so by the end of 
by the end of my senior year, man, I had I had letters from everyone. But I mean, I had a lot of letters, you know, like a lot of kids, a shoebox, two two or three shoeboxes just full of letters. But when it came down to it, just to be honest, when it came down to it, only one school offered me a scholarship, and that was Louisiana Lafayette, simply because I, you know, everybody wanted me as a defensive back, which I am well known for defensive back. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Georgia retired at UL, Raging Cajuns, as a defensive back, but my senior year in, in that school, at that right now, I was a running back, a fullback, to be exact. So I lost a lot of a lot of schools' interest because your sophomore or most of your junior year, you're gonna gain you gain the interest of coaches. You know, okay, well, who 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 is Daniel Mason as a sophomore? You know, you know, there was a thing called who's who in high school football. Then of course that's the blue chip list. You know, of course that's the All River Paris, the All State, All Metro stuff like that. So I made a name for myself, put that on sophomore. I did even better as a junior. So now you're senior year, they want to see if you're gonna be productive. You're gonna see if you're gonna be consistent. That's the word, consistent. But now you're looking for a Daniel Mason as a defensive back. Daniel Mason is not running back. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. A lot of schools are not going to play around it. Well, you know what? We're just going to move on to the next person. But there are going to be a handful, a handful of schools that say, you know what? We see the potential in this young man or this young kid. We see the future. We see what he can be. And that's what the Raging Cajuns told me. You know what? Even though you're playing running back, we know the kind of athlete that you are. We know the kind of defense, defensive back that you are capable of being. And it stuck with me, man. And it was, you know, I want to say with the stroke of midnight, the night before the signing day, that I called them and told them that I would go ahead and commit to them. So that's that's that story, how, how that went. And I share that story with everyone. Because a lot of young kids, a lot of young kids going to experience that. And of course, their parents are going to be right there. And their parents are knowing the better and kids are knowing the better. So, you know, again, it's, it's good for them to know the information from someone else's, you know, uh, experience, but bottom line is they have the experience for themselves, and definitely they gotta make their own decisions for themselves. Cool, cool. Uh, you was a very competitive DB, and you definitely knew what you was doing on the field. You can easily be fooled by any offense. What, what, what was you thinking when you was on the field, waiting for the offense to start to play, and what was running through your head? Well, I give, I give you two scenarios for those who are listening. In high school, it was basically, you know, just I'm gonna do what my coaches tell me to do. You know, I was a, I was a cornerback in high school, so if I knew I had cover three, because the high school was pretty basic, especially back in my time. You know, you can play rush with two or three covers, cover one man coverage, cover two, and cover three. You know, and not my ten you in zone because zone is a concept where you don't get, you know, you don't mess up because it's it's an area instead of an individual. And if I, you know, it was, it was for me, it was all about this. Hey man, if the coaches tell you do this, do that. You know, that's that's the that's the best way I can break it down, even as I coach high school football. If we tell you to do something, do this. If it don't work, then it falls on the coaches, not yeah. as individuals. But now when it comes to where I find I tried to separate myself, you know, again, because the recruiting game was different, I asked the coaches, what do I have to do to get a scholarship? You know, because again, you didn't have the, you know, you didn't have the social media today. So whenever we played the John Curtis, it was like, if we played, well, not if, but when we played John Curtis, when we played the Hinesville, you know, scouts are going to be there because that's the only way they can see you they had to come to the game or they're going to watch the, the, v, the vhs <laughs> yeah. so that was a time for me to play my best win lose or drop so i'm going to play my best so my so my thing was you know what i studied film a matter of fact i watched film i watched film so then you get the college of course it's a lot more 
complex. You know, the, 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 there's a, a, a deeper play, but the lingo is different. The, the personnel package is different. So I'm like, wow. But again, as I teach them boys, sometimes you have to go back to basics. So I, I couldn't worry about the entire car. I couldn't worry about what the front was doing. I couldn't worry about what the linebackers were doing. Only what I had to do. So whenever I heard a call, all I heard was blah, 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 cover one, blah, 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 cover two, yeah. or blah, 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 cover three, just so I can make sure I did my job. And then once I understood it from my perspective, what I was doing, then I started paying attention to what the rest of the defense was doing. And again, I watched film. And I know I said I was going to say high school and college, but I tell people this all the time. I watched film in high school. I watched more film than college. But it wasn't until I got to the professional levels of the Arena Football League that I actually learned how to study film. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I stress that learning. Looking for down and distance. Looking for yard, the yard line. What do they like to do consistently on first down, second down, third down, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, you start looking for tendencies. I did a little bit of that in high school, a little bit that in college. But I did a lot more in the professional levels. And that's the difference between taking... Uh, average football player to being good and a good football player to being great. You know, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I learned to do to be consistent in my over the years in my career. Okay. So, with your determination and hard work at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, your number nine was retired by Louisiana Lafayette. What was the experience like to have your jersey number retired? My, my first thought when I got the phone call. My first thought when I received the phone call was I looked at my roommate and I said, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, they're going to retire my jersey. And what I mean by that is, again, you know, I, I went in as a freshman, freshman at Desperate High School, which has always been a successful program. Go to USL, which was called USL at the time, of course, it's UL, it's UL now, and there was one in average two games a year. You know, and I'm looking like as a red shirt freshman, like man, I used to say things going to change when I play. When I play, I'm red shirt. I'm watching them lose. You know, in 1992, they lost the last game of the season to Cal State Fullerton, and that's very ironic, as I, as I said it here, because as I said it, because the school ended their football program after that game, and Cal State Fullerton do, do not have no football program. So their last game in existence was against. The Raging Cajuns and they beat us. And so I'm like, man, how you gonna lose the football game to a team who, who disbanded your football program? So I'm like, you know what? This this has to change. You know. So again, you can't control everything. You gonna control what you have to control. So I'm like, you know what? Win, lose, or draw, I gotta make a name for myself. I gotta make a name for myself. And so it's just being it's just about being determined. You know. And I find myself saying, you know what? I want to go pro. So. What does it take for me to go pro? I have to do my best. You know, like, there's no I in the word team, but it's, it's you know, this was after college, but like I, I share with young men now, there's a hidden eye. It's every individual doing their best. So if I'm trying to go pro, well, what is it going to take for me to go pro? I have to do this. I have to play full parts. I have to play every down. I have to play for 60 minutes. I have to do everything because teams don't sign contracts. Individuals do. Right. Teams, teams don't get benched. Individuals do. Teams don't get cut. Individuals do. So yes, I'm a team player, and so the so so the flip flip that script. If every individual on a team think that way, then you have a championship caliber team. 
That makes sense, right? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, so, and that's, and that's, and really that's something, man, that I, I did better than a professional athlete because when I got traded the first time, then I got cut one time, the team didn't go through that. Me as an individual, I went through that. So I said, you know what? I gotta do what's best for me. I always felt that way, but I didn't develop that eye until I got to professional level. You know, but the Raging Kids, man, it was about, you know what, you playing against Texas a and uh, the second game of the year, you playing against Florida the, the year they won a national championship. So it's like, you know what? I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose. People was like, well, Mason, man, look at y'all schedule. Y'all playing Texas. Florida the first game, Texas a and You're playing Southern is the third game. You know, we was that sacrificial lamb for you know, the money game. I said, man, I know what the coach is trying to do for you guys, but he trying to get me drafted because I'm going to go off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I understood the concept. They're like a scholarship. Yep. They're looking for athletes. They don't care if you're gonna lose. They're trying to see who can I take from the high school level and bring them to this team in college. Same thing on the pros. They don't care if you win or lose. They're looking to see your production. Is is this individual worthy of us signing him to uh, as as a free agent or even drafting him for those who are best to get drafted? So the the whole idea. I know it's a long story once again, but the whole idea of me having my jersey retired. Say you know what? I said that as a young man in Orlando Thomas who played with me. Like 6'2", I'm 5'9", he's like 220, I'm like 175, so cool head. He's a free safety. I went down the corner, I'm a strong safety, but he got drafted second round. So my mindset has always been this here. If it can work for you, it can work for me. So what he did the four years, I did it too. I watched his game, I seen what the coaches like, I seen what they did like. I took my God-given abilities, the things I did as a kid, the things I did at Desperhan, and I just put, put it, and to play with what I seen him do on the expectation the coaches wanted, two years starter, every time I joined. So again, when I got the phone call, I told my roommate, I said, I told you, they gonna retire my jersey because my mindset was when I leave left yet, they gonna know who David Mason is. And before I leave her, I want my name right next to his. And that's that's how that went down roughly. Okay, okay. I'm glad you're telling these stories, man. Somebody touch somebody and help them out in the long run for motivation. Right. So, uh, but after college, you went on to the AFL, which is Arena Football League, for those who didn't know. Uh, but you became a standout in the AFL, making a big name for yourself. What was the transition like uh, going from college to the pros? I want to say a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> for one reason, because the first game, I remember getting cussed out. Oh, man. I'm famous. You know, I'm not a rough young man. Yeah. I'm not a rough young man. I remember getting cussed out by the home. The home, as a matter of fact, it was the home team. But then I had to quickly realize, you know what, this is professional sport. This is not high school. And that's what the meaning is here. These fans are paying to, you know, they're paying to come see me play. Especially the home team, right? So they're paying their money to come see their home team win. Well, you know what? I can't get mad at them. I don't like it. But I can't get mad at them because they, they're not paying to see really cool stuff out there. So you know what? Let me block them up, but let me step my game up. The second real awakening was this here. I can't do, per se, some of the things I did in college on a professional level. Like running my mouth and talking, you know, just because the game is faster, especially in the football. It's passing, you know, 99.9% of the time. So I'm running full speed every play. You can't take no players off in the ring of football. And I tell people it's the real one-on-one. So you cannot hide in that game. You learn, I learned the art of covering. I learned how to study. I learned how to be a pro. That's why I was able by God's grace to play for 14 years. Well, a lot of guys said, man, I didn't play 14 years. I kept 
developing myself. I kept studying. I kept being honed. Everything, everything a lot of people hate Tom Brady for. I respected him when I heard him say it for him for himself why he is the way he is. Because when people doubted him, he said, "You know what? I don't ever want to go out there without having a chip on my shoulder." That was me. Okay. I felt like I had a lot to prove. And then when, as I got older and made a man for myself, in these the younger generation started coming and making a name for themselves. I found myself studying a lot of young guys. Well, let me see what this young cat doing. Okay. Well, I used to do that. You know what? Let me start doing that again. Oh, okay. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me work on that during the off season and try to add that to my repertoire. You know what I'm saying? So I found myself, man, the, the, the transition was one of humility and one of having been, having to be, to, to not do certain things that I was accustomed to doing. I had to slow down on going out. You know, I spent a lot more time studying film. Like I said, I watched film in high school. I watched more film in college. I learned to study. You can't study nothing if you're not putting that much time and effort into preparing for your game. And that's how I became consistent. When people say, well, you know what? Well, that's how I became known as a player coach. <laughs> 14 seasons, man, the last six years of my career, I was a player coach. You know, so that's how my transition went. Okay. So just a few um, AFL stats about Damon. Uh, career highlights and awards, the NA, NAL champion 2017, three-time second-team All-Arena 2000, 2001, 2002. AFL career tackle leader, career arena stat- statistics, tackles uh, 1,009, pass breakups 173, fourth fumbles 21, fumble recoveries 10, interceptions 44. And your career history as a player, you played for the Orlando Predators 1998 to 2001, New Jersey slash Las Vegas Gladiators 2002 to 2003, Orlando Predators again in 2004, Carolina Cobras 2004, Orlando Predators 2005, Grand Rapids Rampage 2005, Austin Wranglers 2006-2007, Orlando Predators 2008, Utah Blaze 2008, Orlando Predators 2010, New Orleans Voodoo 2011. And as a coach, you coach with New Orleans Voodoo uh, defensive backs 2014 and Jacksonville Sharks, uh, DC 2017 to present. Uh, so you you coach as well. What's the difference between between being a player and a coach? What was that transition like from being a player to a coach? Should I last part one time one more time from there? I, I can think that. Yeah. What, what what's the transition like from being a player to a coach? It was it was kind of easy because I say the last six years of my career, you I was a player coach. coach while I was still playing. Simply meant you know I was in charge of the secondary. And I, I watched film. I prepared the game, the game plan for the, for the defensive backfield, which roughly is, is the defense. You know, um, and I met with the head coaches, the defense, the defense coordinator. You know, and I met with my, my my fellow defensive back. You know, we we would come out with a game plan, and you know, so so it was easy from that standpoint because all I, I was just doing stuff as I did as a player, and just being a a, a well seasoned vet. You know. The head coaches, defense coordinators, regardless if we had a, a secondary coach or a defense coordinator or not, you know, like you know what, Damon can do it, or Mason can do it, Mason can do it, and so and I took that to I took that personally, you know, preparing for the game. I, I made all the checks, I made all the calls the last six years of my of a fourteen year season, you know. So when so when I left and retired full time, you know, I would say the hardest thing was just realizing that I couldn't play. And I couldn't get out there, but now I was dealing with a few, a few men who I played with or played against, and how were they gonna respond? 
You know what I'm saying? You don't want to sit there and ruffle no feathers and yada, yada, yada. But then I just find myself, you know what, man? It became a lot easier because they, they respected my game, my name. They made a name for myself. And I understood what they wanted to do. I, li- I was willing to listen to them. And the same that I do in the high school level. I'm going to listen to you. You know what I'm saying? And if you, it's all about you being comfortable. I can come up with something, but the bottom line is you have to play it. So I'm going to go back to the professional level. You guys have to make this work. Now, I've done this. I'm not going to tell you, tell you to do something I haven't done. When I watch film, I watch film as if I'm still playing. And I go to each position. Because arena football is only three defensive backs covering three receivers. So I will look at the film and look at each position and say, okay, if when, if and when I was playing this position, what would I do? Okay? Same thing for each position. So then I share that with each individual. I say, okay, this is what I do. So now based on your God-given abilities, abilities and talents, let's see how we can make this work for you. Okay, now you guys as an old older vet, okay, let's 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 talk about this because the bottom line is I'm I'm not the kind of coach who's gonna make you do something. I'm gonna tell you this is what I want. And if you have a different way of doing it, okay, as long as we meet on the same page. But if what you have is not gonna work, then you know what? Now I'm gonna overrule you and say, Okay, you know what, this is what I want you to get done and I'm gonna and we're gonna I'm gonna help you find the best situation on how to make it work. So that transition was smooth because as a, I did as a player coach, and as you read the stats, as you read my stats, you, you will see that towards the end of my career, my stats took a big hit. And the only reason, the only reason why my stats took a big hit, because imagine me being a second, uh, a defensive back, but I'm making a call for the entire defense. I'm trying to put the team in a position where the best, per, the best person in that position, based on the, the player, the offense making the play. Then I'm missing. I try to make other plays the way I did before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. That's, you know, it, it was it was a smooth, but sometimes come to transition, but it was it was one that I was prepared for. Okay. Now, are you more of a hands-on coach, you know, like that? You get down and dirty with the players and show proper techniques, or are you just a talking through type of coach? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm like you, I'm a firm believer where I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there with my cheeks out. Yeah. And the, and the first thing is, we, you know, we, you know let me visualize this. You know, of course, we don't we don't help me. We don't watch film. We get on the chalkboard, and I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you, draw it up. What we're gonna do. Then once we get out there, we'll see if you can pick up on it. If you can't pick up on it, hold on. Step to the side a little bit. I can show you. <laughs> and I tell you, if you talk about well, no, we know what. Oh, it can work. Okay, well, let me show you this here. Now, I'm gonna show you this, here, but this is how I will play. If you can do what I do, great, because this is what I do. But if you can't do what I do, but let's find it again. Let's find out how we can make it work for you. I might turn this way because I'm accustomed to turn this way. But if you're not comfortable turning that way, guess what? Don't turn that way. I want you to be comfortable. So that's why I say hands on. I mean, a little bit of both. I'm hands on, but at the same time, I'm willing to talk and listen. So you can't be. You can't. My opinion. Let me put it this way. My opinion is: don't be one who who always want to talk but not willing to listen. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? That's what coaches, I mean, that's what players respect. You know why? Because when I was a player, that's what I respect. Gotcha. And that's what, and that's what you hear, you know, I'm sure you heard about this before, bro, when you say a player's coach. Yeah. What's a player's coach? A coach who is willing, who is who is strict and stern when he has to be, but humble enough to say, you know what? Hey, Mason, let me hear what you got to say. Hey, you know what? That makes sense. Okay, you know what? Let's try that. Because yeah. see, now my players are taking ownership of this stuff. And if you're comfortable, let's make it work. Let's make it, see, I'm all about let's make it work. Yeah. If it ain't working, well, guess what? Let's find something that's going to work. 
Yeah, because a player might see something on the field that a coach can't see or whatever. All day. A coach can come up there and drop all the best. You can, be a, you can think you a John Madden. <laughs> and John Madden. I'm just saying John Madden. Everybody think you know about John Madden. You know? But yeah. you can come up there and draw all the perfect stuff. But guess what? It would never happen exactly like, like that for the duration of the game. Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of players turn up being coaches anyway, but it's it's people that coaches never played before. So usually the players that turn coaches be like the most successful. Some of them. But, I'm iffy on it. I'm really, I'm really, I'm iffy on this. Just because you're a great player, don't mean you can be a great coach. Because again, now a great player and not to be a great coach, can you get your players to accomplish what you want them to accomplish? You can explain to them. You can show them what you did. You can show them your film. But can you get them to understand it where they can go out there and produce? Yeah. They got to they, they earn their respect, too. Exactly. You got to earn their respect. Uh, do you see yourself ever coaching in the NFL one day? And do you have a favorite team that you watch and root for right now? Honestly, because the NFL never gave me an opportunity, I'm going to go backwards. Because the NFL never gave me an opportunity, I don't have no favorite team. I cheer for the Saints just because I'm a homeboy. Uh, and I find myself cheering for teams who people both that I know. I was a, a, a big fan of the Redskins because of Jay Gruden, who was yeah. my coach. I'm a friend of Chicago Bears because of Matt Nagy, which is one of my random teammates. Uh, and when I was in North Carolina, I was a, I was a fan of the Carolina Panthers because Jake Malone, my college teammate, played for them. I was a fan of Baltimore Ravens because of Ed Reed and Brandon Stokely played there. I was a fan of the, the Colts because Stokely played there. I was a fan of, uh, well, uh, that was still good. I think David Bronco was a big man. He played there, so I was a fan. So people who people who I know, you know, whenever they play, someone plays somewhere I know, like uh, I think, uh, I can't think of the young man first now, Daquan Williams, Duke. Duke is in Buffalo. I'm a, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan because of a young man from St. John Paris, you know what I'm saying? So, so on and so forth. So I, I watch football just if I see somebody, someone who I know, who I know very well. <clears throat> I, can, I can go, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I can go without watching football. Okay. Because I play at a high level. And I'm not easily impressed because when I watch the game today, man, I find myself being more of a critic and, a, and more of a critic from a coaching standpoint. Like, well, I can't believe, what, what are they teaching these young boys, these young men? It's not it's not that hard. You mean to tell me, it's 2000, what, 20? Yeah. Although we did not play ball, but 2018 or 2019, you mean to tell me in the end they still have about people can't tackle? Well, but that's a problem. Yeah. So so where does that come from? Yeah, come if they come from college to, to the pros, y'all getting all this money and they can't tackle. So what's going on? You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm old school. I've yeah. always been that way. And yeah, the fundamentals mean everything. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That, that's exactly what fundamentals. Yeah. And you don't see much of that in the NFL. If you can't tackle, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> a big problem. Especially when you don't give someone like me an opportunity. I'm just being honest. Yeah, you know, you. I tackle people in my sleep. I yeah. couple people in my sleep. But you'll take a you'll take a uh, you'll take a, a, a young black brother who played quarterback and make him a defensive back because you think he's a good athlete as a quarterback. But you but you don't take a young man who played defense from the age of ten until he retired and don't give him an opportunity. I used to have a problem with that because, of course, I'm speaking about myself. Yeah. You take a running back and put him on special team, expect him to go down there and tackle somebody, and then they break his collarbone. But again, I've been hitting people since I was ten. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I had, I, had, I, had, I had issues for a long time until, as I got older, I realized that I had a different plan, and that was not a part of it. I was blessed to play 14 years on a high level. 
Yeah. 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 Yeah.
drinking hot tea. So, you know, and your, your immune system. So now you start to hear more and more and more about remedies and remedies and remedies. You know, don't don't focus on the president. Don't focus on the negative things. And it, and it's it's hard. But because of where because I'm grounded in my faith. And say, so, you know what, I'm going to positive, even in a negative situation, especially with me losing a close person in my life, like I did today. But I have a family of my own. I have kids of my own. And we still have people who are here. So I got to be strong for everyone. I want to be strong for everyone, especially my own family. You know, man, so you guys, you know, if the people say stay away from places, let's be smart. Come on, look, we're from, we from Louisiana, even though I'm in Georgia. Why are we second line? Why are we going exactly. to the store? Why, why are we doing things like this? Okay, if you go into the store and you see a crowd, well, you know what? I'm going to be the smart one. I'm not, I'm not going to get in that crowd. But if you happen, happen to go out, because we go out sometimes to get some stuff, you know what I'm saying? We come back inside. First thing we do, we take a bath. We washing our hands, brushing our teeth. We gogging with Listerine, you know, gogging it to get back there in your throat. Because when anything that, that drips down from your nose, where's it going to go through? It's going to go through down your throat. So I'm guiding with that. So I'm trying to do my, my best, you know, the things that we know to do, that we should do, which is practice proper hygiene. And of course, taking, you know, things to build up my immune system. I'm exercising more. Exactly. I find myself eating right, you know, vitamin C, airborne, you know. Um, Central. You know, so it's just, I'm, I'm still, I don't say I'm skeptical because I live on faith. But I feel a lot better than I did before because now there are things that I feel like I can do. Where at one point in time, you didn't know what to do. Right. If that makes sense. That makes sense. And like, uh, shout out to the rapper Young Jesus. He said, faith over fear. <laughs> faith over fear. <laughs> Real. Uh, but yeah, man. Damn, that's all I have, man. Thanks for taking time to be on my show. Do you have any shout outs? Oh, man. First of all, let me give a shout out to Kyle, man. Once again, young man who I coached back in the days. I don't know what exactly what year, but he contact me on Facebook and I'm always willing to share you know, I consider it an uh, opportunity to share you know the blessing that God gave me a platform you know uh, shout out to you young brother you know what I'm saying this is a platform that you can use man to touch people's lives and however you're doing you know what I'm saying you have been blessed I'm sure you have a story the testimony that you can share with this here so everybody don't have the platform you know you don't have to be a superstar um, a millionaire this and a, a, a NBA NFL you know what I'm trying to say yeah. We have opportunity to be, you know, a young man like yourself on with, with your podcast, Facebook Live, you know, Twitter Live, YouTube channel stuff like that. We don't have opportunity to to share and best someone. See, but that's but, but you took the opportunity to do something. You took the opportunity to reach out to me. So I appreciate that. Appreciate you for that, man, and this opportunity. So yeah, that's about it, man. Everybody, man, just be safe. You know, I pray for you guys. I pray for you guys. Take care of your families and. And get right, man, because these days are definitely numbered. Yeah, and a real quick thing, too, with everybody, with all this stuff going on with staying at home, you can really uh, work work on your talent that you really want to focus on that you don't have time to do, too. So that's another thing. There you go. See? Hey, that's being positive. That's looking for, that's looking for some positive in a negative situation right there. Yep, yep. Excellent. But yeah, man, but thanks again for taking time, man. I know you're busy, man. My pleasure, man. Anytime you need it, just holler at me. All right, for sure. All right, this TNT... All right. This TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 76. Good morning. You are now tuned into TNT Sports Podcast with Terrence Benjamin. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it.